Well, Donald Miller is the author of books like Blue Like Jazz and A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, and he wrote this book called To Own a Dragon, uh, and it's a reflection on growing up without a father, and I remember reading it and resonating with a lot of what Miller said because my experience was similar to his. Like, my, my mom and dad got divorced when I was one, and uh, my dad essentially was a drunk who cheated on my mom and uh, there'd be times that he'd come home late he'd turn on the stove and he'd pass out without turning it off like it it wasn't a good situation it wasn't safe and so they ended up splitting and uh, and I grew up for the first 10 years of my life uh, without my dad really present in my life I mean he, he was around a little bit when I was when I was a toddler I remember visiting him uh, just every once in a while uh, but I don't really remember him being in my life except for short spurts of time. And uh, the one thing that I remember about my dad um, is he, he did teach me how to play pool. <laughs> I learned how to play pool from my dad. And I, I appreciate that, um, but that's about it in terms of the legacy he left. So I know how to slice a shot to sink a two ball in the side pocket. And if you ever play me in pool, most likely you'll lose. <laughs> but for those formative years of my life, uh, I didn't have a man around to teach me and show me how to be a man and what it meant to be a good man. And so I had to figure it out on my own uh, and look for examples of, of other men in my life, like, like in real life and on TV and in movies. I had to find examples from, from other men. I, I remember I had this book and the title was something like All the Things Dads Should Teach Their Kids. And uh, I learned how to tie a tie from that book. Uh, I learned how to skip a rock from that book. I learned how to throw a football from that book. Uh, and so I learned a lot of the things that my dad should have taught me from a book. And then I, I learned what it was like to be a dad from Heathcliff Huxtable, Danny Tanner, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Arr, 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 arr. And, and for most of my life, probably up until just a couple of years ago, uh, I didn't know what it meant to be a good man. I, I didn't know what it meant to be a good man. I was, I was insecure. I still fight that sometimes. I felt inadequate at times. I still fight that. At times I felt incapable. I still fight that. Really, it wasn't until um, summer of 2019 when I went to this weekend experience called Crucible that I did some work on me to better understand uh, what a good man was and, and that I could be secure in knowing that I was one. And so for most of my life, because my dad wasn't there to show me, I, I didn't know what it meant to be a good man, let alone uh, a good father and a good husband. And it was this weekend retreat in Crucible that, that I discovered that I am good enough and that I do have what it takes. You know, some of you, uh, you grew up without your dad around and, and you still don't have someone to teach you and show you how to be a good man. I mean, you, you saw an example maybe of how not to be, and I saw an example of how not to be. Uh, and this is a problem that most men face in our society. We don't have many men teaching us and showing us not only how to be a good man, but defining what it means to be a good man. And it's because of this truth that we're launching this series this Sunday, September 11th, called The Thin Red Line. And in this series, we're going to discover together the truth of what needs to happen so that we end up becoming good men. And we're going to find out together what a good man is. 
See, for, for the first time in the history of this church, we're doing a man series. And I believe this is a series that's going to be a defining moment in our church where it will reflect on this series. And we'll say that was a time we saw a shift in our church. We saw a shift in the families of our church. We saw a shift in the lives, not just of the men in our church, but in the lives of the women in our church as well, in the lives of the kids in our church as well, because men understood what it meant to be a good man, and they stepped up to be the men that their wives, their girlfriends, their daughters, their sons long for them to be. So this is our man series, The Thin Red Line. Now, for all the ladies who are wondering and hearing about this and saying, wait, this is a man series, what about us? Uh, I get it. Now, this is a series you're going to love. This isn't a men-only series. Don't, don't hear that. This is a series for men, but it's also a series for women. Because women, you're going to drag your husband here so he can get this content content. You're, you're going you're gonna to drag your boyfriend here so he can get this content. You're going to make sure that your son gets to church because they're going to be better men as a result of this series. And here's what I know about each and every woman who's, who's, who's going to be in our church, who's going to hear this series. You want for your husband to be the best man he can be. You want for the guy that you're dating to be the best man he can be. You want for your sons to grow up to be the best men that they can be. And even if you're one of the 4% of women who never see yourself having any of those relationships with men, uh, giving birth to a son, dating a man, marrying a man, if you're in the 4% of women in that category, which, by the way, 96% of women will be in one of these relationships with a man. But even if you aren't, tomorrow, this week, you're going to go to work with some men. You're, you're going to be in a boardroom with some guys. You're going to be on a ship with some guys. You're going to uh, have to go to school with a bunch of guys, and you're going to have to deal with those guys. And wouldn't it be great if the guys that you had to interact with had their crap together? See, this is a man series. This is a series that benefits everyone. And what we're interested in in this series uh, is this truth about how to be a man, and, and, and not just how to be a man, but what it means to be a good man. See, we, we've picked up bits and pieces from society and culture and our, and our friends and our family, and, and even in the church, about what it means to be a man. And we've, and we've pieced together our philosophy of what a man is, and, and some of it's wrong, some of it's right, but for most men, we operate with this, uh, I'll figure it out as I go kind of mentality, like, like I'll work it out when I get there kind of approach. But what we've picked up along the way about what it means to be a man and adopting this mindset has led to half of the marriages in America ending in divorce and one out of three kids not living with their biological dad. So this approach of I'll figure it out when I get there, I'll, I'll tackle it when it comes, like this approach we've been taking is not working. And so what we're going to look at in this series uh, is what's true. We're going to look at what's true. We're going to look at what needs to happen in order for us to end up as good men. See, we want to, we want to toss out what's not true and we want to embrace what is true. And, and, and here's what truth is. Truth is when your beliefs and feelings run into reality. Right? Truth is when your beliefs and feelings run into crash into reality. And so I believe this, I feel this, 
But when reality happens, when reality crashes into what you believe and feel, does what you believe and feel stand up and stand strong? Does what you believe to be true hold strong when reality smacks it? And so, where do we go to find this truth? Because truth stands up when reality hits it. Truth still works when reality happens. So where do we go to find this truth? Well, anytime people came to Jesus and they asked him about life or, or, or what to do in a certain situation, he often referred them back to what God said, right? He said, well, well, remember God said this, or remember my father said this in his word. See, Jesus, when people asked him about reality, asked him about life, he referred people back to what God, the author, the designer of life, had already said. <clears throat> he refers them back to what God already said because God knows how things should be since he designed it all in the first place. It's like he was referring them back to the operator's manual of life. And so this is where we're going to look to find the truth of what God said about men and what it looks like to be a man and to be a good man. Throughout this series, we're going to go back to God's Word, to the operator's manual, and see what God has to say about what it means to be a good man. Look at this, 2 Timothy 3.16 through 17 says this, All scripture, this is the operator's manual, is inspired by God, the, the author, the creator, the patent holder, the manufacturer. So all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach, right? And, and so we need to learn and relearn some stuff. It's useful to teach us what's true, what will hold up and stand strong in the face of reality. And to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. See, we need to see what we don't see. We need to identify what's broken so we can fix it. And so the, the scriptures say that it corrects. Uh, it's honest inspection, discovery, conviction to change us. God's word corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us. This is what to do. This is how to operate. It teaches us what to do and what is right. And then verse 17 God uses it, His Word, Scripture, to prepare and equip, to, to, to help us become whole and confident and secure and intentional on mission. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work, everything God has put in front of me to do, everything God has put in front of you to do, every good work. And so what we're doing is we're looking at the operator's manual to find and redefine what a good man is. And again, ladies, if you had a choice to be married to a man. Uh, moms, if you had a choice to raise up a boy. Ladies, if you had a choice to work with and be around men who are teachable, hungry, and driven, and real, and open, and vulnerable, and able to take responsibility for those actions, for their actions, you would choose those kind of men to fill this world. And so in this series, we're going to go on this journey together, to be honest about our brokenness and shortcomings, but we're not going to park in our brokenness. We're going to be the men who are going to do all that we can to correct and fix and heal that brokenness. So we're going to talk about our brokenness, but we're not going to park there. We're going to do everything we can to fix and correct and heal that brokenness. Because wouldn't you like to have a man in your life? Wouldn't you like to have a woman in your life who doesn't live in their brokenness, but works to fix it and heal it. And so we're going to take responsibility. There's a key word right there. Responsibility. 
We're going to take responsibility for our life and our actions. And we're going to take responsibility, no more victim mentality, responsibility to constantly train to better take care of what God has entrusted to us. That's the difference between a child and an adult. Responsibility. Ladies, don't you want to interact with a man who's confident? Don't you want to interact with a man who's secure and intentional and on mission? He doesn't just drift through life. Don't you want to interact with a man who's trained, prepared, and knows what to do when something is put in front of him? He, he doesn't lock up and freeze and resort to inaction. Uh, a man who knows how to love and provide and protect and sacrifice and do whatever needs to be done so that those entrusted to him thrive and flourish under his leadership, his care, his encouragement and protection. That's refreshing. As you hear that, ladies, you're like, yeah, sign me up for that. That's the kind of man I want. If he's available, that's the kind of husband I want. That's the kind of boyfriend I want. That's the kind of son I want. See, see that, that, that's one response to this, right? And, and, and you all want that. And, and men, I think we want to be like that. But a second response might be this. If you're a guy and you're, and you're hearing this, you might be holding your breath. And, and if you're paying attention and you, you care about this, you might be feeling some pressure right now. You're like, you're like, Pastor, hold up, slow down, right? Because you just listed a lot of qualities there. You, you might be scared right now, right? Maybe just pee yourself a little bit. I, I don't know. Because what you're thinking is that's a lot of pressure. I'm not even close to those things. And I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll put myself in there. Most of us guys aren't even close to this right now. But there are some women in our life, there are some kids in our life, even some other men in our life who are waiting on us and needing us to be the men that we need to be. They are waiting on us to be those things. But here's, here's what we often do without even consciously thinking about it. See, there are two deals on the table. And because what I just said describes uh, something that's really hard right? That there's two deals on the table. And, and what I just described seems really hard, really tough, really difficult. And what we often do is we pick up this deal where we say, okay, I'll just change what it means to be a man. I'll just redefine it. And so all those things I just described, if that's what a man is, that's really tough. That's really difficult. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to redefine what it means to be a man. We dumb it down and we blame everyone else as to why we can't step into our strength. It's my dad's fault. It's my mom's fault. It's society's fault. It's my ex's fault. It's my past fault. We have all kinds of, of people and things to blame as to why we can't be the definition of a man, of a good man. And then we become passive. And we let someone else tell us what it means to be a man. Someone else tells us how to run our life. Someone else tells us how to raise our kids. We just abdicate responsibility. But what if, instead of taking that deal, redefining what it means to be a good man, dumbing it down, what if we just took a breath and we say, okay, I'm going to go for it. Like, I'm going to engage instead of lie down. Like it's a high bar, it's a high standard, but I'm going to rise up instead of stay seated. I'm going to go on this journey to redefine what it means to be a man based on the operator's manual, which is God's word. Because when men start moving closer to who and what God designed us to be and is still calling us to be right now, everyone wins. When we live up to what it means to be a good man, everyone wins. Wins. Wins, women, children, men, 
everyone wins. And this is a series that's all about that. And so this, this right here, I mean, this is just the introduction to the series to pique your interest and to whet your appetite and, and prep you for where we're headed. So, so I need to give you some ground rules and uh, some disclaimers for the journey as we begin this new series. So uh, first, for those of you who are currently connected to a man, right? you're married to a man, you're dating a man, you're raising a son, if this is going to work, you have to understand that, um, and, and, and you have to embrace this truth, that the man you're connected to, you are not that man's Holy Spirit. right? So say this with me, even as you're watching this, I am not his Holy Spirit. Okay, I am not his Holy Spirit. There is a Holy Spirit and you are not him. And so throughout this journey, if God wants to teach this man that you're connected to anything that's between God and that man, and it will not be helpful if you throw an elbow. During this series, you come and you sit for the sermons and you hear the messages and you hear something that applies to him. He needs a change. He needs to shape up. He needs whatever. Don't throw an elbow. That's not going to help him. Because I'm going to say some things throughout this series. Don't give an, an elbow. Don't, don't say, hey, listen up. Pay attention. Like that will wreck everything we're trying to accomplish here, okay? If you come and you sit in the service and you hear the sermon and you make a noise, right? And you know what I'm talking about. If I say something and you make that noise, mm-hmm, or <laughs> you make that noise, he's going to hear it and it's going to stab him in the heart, right? You are not that man's Holy Spirit. If you try to be his Holy Spirit, he's going to say, forget this. I'm not even going to try. Don't, don't, whatever you do. Don't, when you leave on Sunday, don't get in the car, whip out your notes and say, okay, I took some notes. I'd like to review with you. Pastor said this and you suck at it. We're going to get you fixed up if it's the last thing we do. Just, just don't, even, don't even come to this series if you're going to do that because it's going to do more harm than good. So first, you are not his Holy Spirit. There is a Holy Spirit, but you are not him. Here's what that man that you're connected to needs from you. He needs for you to be his biggest cheerleader and supporter and encourager through all of this, right? You can, you can talk about this content. You should talk about this content. And I want to give you a way to frame it, right? To start the conversation, you say this, hey, hey, honey, what do you think about that? What are you gaining from this? How, how can I best help you in this journey and then let him lead the conversation and say what he needs to say because I've seen it where, where, where men, where women start leaning into what Jesus wants to teach them and doing them and then one look, one noise, one elbow just shuts it all down to so decide I am not his Holy Spirit. Have conversations but don't try and change him. Let God do that. Second, as I go through this journey, I'm going to be speaking mostly to men and, and, and that's a great thing for everyone but ladies, let me say this for you. This isn't a feel-good series, right? This isn't a series where we're going to get some, some, some work. This is a series where we're going to get some work done and we're going to emerge on the other side better than when we came in. But ladies, you have to own your responsibility for the dysfunction as well, right? I mean, men, we've messed some things up, right? But we didn't do it all in isolation. And we didn't do it all, right? Maybe we did most of it. But we are not alone in this. So ladies, you have to own your role in the dysfunction as well. Now, 
If that doesn't apply to you, let it go. But if it does, own it. Ladies, one way that you participate in owning the dysfunction uh, and, and, and one way that you participate in creating the dysfunction, and if it's you, own it. If it's not, let it go. But one way you participate is by simply settling for just okay. Well, there's, there's not many guys out there, and he's okay. I mean, I mean, I know I said I would never compromise, but he's okay. And, and hey, it's better to be with him than it is to be alone. And, and listen, it's okay to not be okay because none of us have it all together. But it's not okay to stay at okay. And what some of you have done is in the settling for just okay, you've also enabled him to stay at just okay. Right? And, and this is true if it's reversed also. It's true for guys who settle and compromise as well. But many times it's women who enable their man to stay at okay and then wonder why they're dissatisfied. Again, don't elbow or, 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 or if you're watching this together, don't elbow or look at the person that you're married to right now. Just, just keep watching this. Smile. Look straight ahead. But if this is you and it applies, own your part of the dysfunction. And part of... Owning the dysfunction and the settling is, is this. Ladies, you're leading the way, right? You are leading the way in your relationship with Jesus. You are running after him and your husband's not in it with you. And he gives some BS excuses. He gives whatever it is. And you just kind of go on. And we see this in church all the time. 60 to 70% of churches across America are, uh, the attendance is women. It's filled with women. And women are in this faith journey on their own, alone. Their husbands aren't showing up. Their boyfriends aren't showing up. But they're not saying anything. And so, ladies, here's, here's how you can not settle for just okay. Talk to your man. And, and hopefully you guys are watching this together. And so maybe I can say it for you. But let him know, and, and if what I'm saying is true, let him know, hey, that's true. Let him know, I feel so alone. I wish you would run with me in one of the most important uh, pursuits of my life. I'm, I'm following Jesus, and I feel so alone in it. I wish you were following me or following him with me. Let him know how important it is to you. Don't, don't, just, don't just shut up and show up and not say anything. No, instead... Have a conversation with your husband. Have a conversation with your, with your boyfriend. Say, man, I, I wish you were leading the way in this, really, because um, I just feel so alone in this. And um, I wish we were doing this together. Have that conversation. Don't settle for just okay. So first, you're not his Holy Spirit. Second, own the dysfunction uh, and, and don't settle. Third, and, and, and we'll move out of the, the ground rules after this, if we're going to see progress together, everyone, but, but especially men, we have to drop the victim mindset, right? We're going we're gonna to own our dysfunction in this, but we're not going to blame anyone or anything else for who we are and how we become. Instead, we're going to take ownership. We're going to take responsibility because if I'm a victim, I give all my power to someone or something else. I can't because my dad, he has the power in my life. I can't because of culture 
that has the power of my life, right? I'm like this because of my past, then my past has the power over me. So we're gonna drop the victim thinking, and we're gonna take hold of our power again by taking ownership and responsibility. And if you'll hang in there with me throughout this series, you keep showing up. I mean, that's 90% of it, show up. We're gonna take a step and a step and a step, and we're gonna do some work, and we're gonna face some shadows, and we're gonna come into the light where we find our power and redefine what masculinity is according to what God says it is, which again, is a win for everyone. So, we're not gonna be a victim, and you gotta show up. So men, I have just one next step for you in this journey, and the next step is to come to church this Sunday. That's it, come to church, this Sunday, and then come back the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, and the next Sunday. Again, that's 90% of it just showing it, sh- showing up. And so your next step is commit to be here. Commit to be engaged in this series. Commit to be here because you owe it to yourself, and you owe it to your family, or maybe your future family, to discover how to fully be the man that God has called you to be. Because there are some people who are waiting on you to step into all that God has called you to be. So, commit to show up. Commit to press in. Commit to go on the journey. And together, we'll discover not just what it means to be a man, but what it means to be a good man. Let's go. It's time to cross the thin red line.